Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I mean, it, it, you got to play Alabama every year. Huh. You got to beat them out. You got to beat them every so often. It's a like, bad job. I'd rather have the Mississippi State job with lower expectations than that job. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I I don't think I would leave Ole Miss for Auburn. I just don't. No. I, I think it's too lateral of a move. Maybe the resources are slightly better at Auburn than they are at Ole Miss, but not enough to justify the. The, the pressure cooker that you're walking oh, into. I think Matt Malzani won a he won a championship there. The expectations yes. there are what's it's jacked bananas. up. That's, exactly. that's the point. You yeah. could you could give them a national championship. At yeah. some point, they're gonna they're they're gonna yep. uh, run out of love for you. And their booster situation yep. is it's not it's not as organized as Alabama's. I guess uh, the way I would put it, it's it's a little wild. Like the dude from Yellowwood is the is the big guy you got to get tight with there. I mean, Hugh, to be Hugh Freeze. To be I mean, he, he's the one. I, I they think it's should, Freeze. They should yeah. just give it to Hugh Freeze, honestly. And doesn't your boy Cohen like to make splashes like he did with Mike Leach? He does, but I, I would probably say probably not going to hire Hugh Freeze as no, but, his first hire. No, he will. He's pretty practical, and I by, by what I mean by that is like, look who he hired for the basketball replacement. He hired the New Mexico State coach. Mm-hmm. He's trying. He does try to win games. Actually, I thought Leach at the time was a good hire. I still think it's fine. Like Leach, still, he's not going to get fired because he's fine, and that's all you want in the football coach. Yeah, I don't think Kenny Dillingham is going to get it. I think he's too young. I think that's um, – And you say Freeze has too much baggage. I think Freeze has too much Here's baggage. Here's the thing, though. If I were the AD and I believed in Dillingham, which I might, I might hire him. And the reason why is if you win and you believe he's a winner, it, it, it's it's all upside. Now, you gotta, you got to just you're, – you're betting on him. Right? Yeah, but I, I just don't think John Cohen is going to be in a place where he's got to do that, where he's got to make a bet. His first job needs to be a place like Memphis, right? I mean, he needs to go to a place to, to cut his. He's, he's he's my age, for God's sake. Would Man, you, I'd would, hire him. Would now. you hire me at Auburn? You know, I mean, it's like no. It's like you would not. You, he needs to. He might be great one day, but it's like it's a lot to ask to throw that dude into Auburn. And expect him to be a winner there. And Tennessee uh, nailed theirs. That, their, if you can do what Tennessee did. Yeah, but he had a job though. He was at UCF. Yeah. I mean, he was doing it big at UCF. It wasn't like Tennessee was his first job. I think I, know. I think if you hand these jobs, you know, too 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 fast, too quickly, these guys and they're unproven. Here's the thing though, if you he, win, it takes care of itself, like he, we just said he, in the last segment. He won't leave because he's uh he's picky too, but fickle, man. Luke. He'd right. be awesome. Right. Yeah. No, I think I, good hire. I, it's probably like gonna be a guy. Like the Baylor offensive coordinator or something, he was there. Um, he was there from 2009 to 2012. But here's the thing: like you say, Yeesh, because just like he's not sexy. We don't know. Like we, like I, I like, Josh Heupel wasn't sexy. He was not sexy UCL at all. I was ready for him to be gone. No, but people were not. People were Rick Barnes at Tennessee. You know, people were saying that's never going to work. He's just a retread. You know, I. It to me, it's a lot. Sometimes you could like I think it was I Lane Kiffin's gonna work at Ole Miss. His personality's gonna come through. He's gonna get the guys he needs to get there. If you can win at FAU, you can win at Ole Miss. He's learned. Sometimes you just know that a coach is going to work. A lot of times though, we don't. Like Mike Norvell, who knew? Nobody knew who Mike Norvell was. He was the highest paid offensive coordinator in the country. That was a check mark for him. But who 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 was watching Arizona State football? Mm-hmm. Who was watching Tulsa football? 
Nobody. Nobody was watching Mike Norvell do anything. So you just don't know. You don't like I would have put a lot of money, just as an example, on Shaka Smart being awesome as the Texas basketball coach. Why wouldn't he? It's a great job. He's got a great personality. He's going to recruit players. What did he do? What did he do at Texas? Nothing. He didn't do anything at Texas. He perpetually disappointed, underachieved. Now he's at Marquette, I think, unless he's moved since from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, you just don't know. I mean, so uh, is Jeff Grimes a sexy hire? No. Uh, and the and Baylor isn't that great offensively either. There but, you go. But but that doesn't mean he wouldn't kill it. I don't know. I have no idea. My first call would be Luke Fickle. And, yep. he, and 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 he would say, "Get the hell off my phone! Stop playing with me." Yeah, he he'd, he'd have to tell me no. He would because he's going to Big Twelve. That's a football coach. Go on. He ain't on going it. to Ohio State right. anytime soon. Now you need to you need to as the as the you know uh, headhunter here. You need to start getting realistic because we're paying you a lot of money and you're wasting our time by calling Luke Fickle. Who's next? You gonna call Nick Saban? I don't think I'm not wasting any time calling Luke Fickle. That's smart. Well, he's just gonna get a raise out of it, so he appreciates you. Next, he's making three point four million. He'll get more. Wow, waiting on what? That's what I'd say. What, what you waiting on, Luke? Ohio State. The Brian ain't going anywhere, bro. That's looking pretty darn good right now. Yeah, because he can. Well, that's what I'm saying. You're not be waiting forever. Yeah, he doesn't need to leave now. Well, you don't leave Cincinnati to go to Auburn. No, you're in the Big not Twelve now. now. You would have, but not now. I just don't think it's a big enough move. It's like it's like Deion Sanders in Memphis. It's like. You wouldn't leave Jackson State to go to Memphis. And I don't think Deion Sanders would leave Jackson State to go to Auburn. I mean, I, it's just a weird fit for me when you can maybe have the Florida State job in a year and just kill it there at Jackson State for one more year. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that Deion would work at Auburn, honestly? I think no, he would. No. I don't. I think he could. Too much pressure. Yeah. And I don't think that community would really embrace him yeah, it's the not same a good way. Fit. You're right. You're I, right. It's I not a good fit. I don't think it would. I think it would not. It's not compatible. Culturally, there. it's not a good fit. Yeah, like it's like. Deion Sanders in Auburn, Alabama, bro. Like no, it's like not flashy. You know, he's flashy. Is, is that like, kinda... Isn't that like a sundown town? Like uh, it, it ain't. That ain't gonna work, bro. Have they ever had a black coach at Auburn? Auburn? I don't believe so. I don't think so. Yeah, like I think there's no way that Deion Sanders is taking that job. I just don't see it. Especially when in a year from now, as we've established, Florida State probably coming open one way or another. It might come it open. Like they may not. Nah, he ain't coming. Up he ain't gonna fire. They ain't gonna fire him, but he might take another job. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Go to Mike, Arizona State. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. If you're Mike Norvell, you okay? Now it's decidedly not going. I think they did wax Georgia Tech this weekend, they but did. of course they're going to do that. I think you say if you can get to seven and five, if you're Mike Norvell, bounce. Peace, bro. Yes. That's what Shaka did. Chunk the deuces and got out of Texas. Because mm-hmm. I'm gonna 100. I'm I'm do I'm taking control of my destiny before you do it for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm deciding my own fate here at Florida State. Hey, I gave it a shot. I tried. Whatever didn't work. Uh, happens all the time. You know, happens all the time. And uh, didn't Andy and did Andy Kennedy leave Ole Miss for UAB? There, no, he, he was he was retired for well, he was out for a while okay. after they let him go, and then okay. he got that job. Well, people were talking about him. Was like, hey, he should probably do that. He's a good. He's doing a good job there. I oh, mean, yeah, like that team, it. it looks good coming into the season. Yeah, Jason's gonna get. Jason's gonna get woke on Jelly Walker. They're good. Jelly Walker gonna have a big game against Memphis. Don't about no Jelly Walker. You will be. Jelly gonna put it to you. <laughs> you will be. Uh, but yeah, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think Auburn is a. I don't. I don't. I mean, look, they pay, so they'll be able to get somebody. There's no obvious, is there? But I, I just don't think it's a. It's a. It's a. It's not a great SEC job in the in that. You have to win there immediately, you know. Yeah, you can't cut your teeth at a place like Auburn. You will get cut. That that will <laughs> that. So you got to have an established like. You start with Lane. 
Lane says no, he gets an extension at Ole Miss and a raise, whatever. Yeah. And then you just, you know, I again, I think Hugh Freeze take all the rest out. Take out, you know, he's the guy. You're gonna have to overpay him because, well, I mean, you just pay him. You just pay him market value for he. He, he will crawl over broken glass to get back into the SEC all day. You know, so that's I, the one, isn't it? I don't think you would have to break the bank for Hugh Freeze. I think he could probably he'd probably take a pay cut to get back into the SEC. <laughs> um, I just don't think that. John Cohen's going to let his first hire be somebody like that. That's my guess. Mm. Even though I think he would do a good job there. Don't you think he would do a good job at Armour? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who would actually go there and rally support, get people back on board, get players. I think it's still part of his redemption story. You know? Yes. You know, going going back to just being a football coach, you know, trying to do it a different way than he did it down there at Ole Miss. That's right. I think there's a good chance he's probably learned from that experience. Exactly right. Would be yeah. better in this situation. Top 25 at Liberty right now, they play Arkansas this weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I, there's no doubt that this guy can coach. I understand what he comes mm-hmm. with, but he's 33-12. and 12. He's 7-1 this year at Liberty. Like, despite losing Malik Willis, that's very impressive. Uh, to come back a year later and be seven and one and ranked in the top twenty five to place like Liberty. So smacked up BYU. Wow. Yeah, they smacked up BYU with backup yeah. quarterback, I think, too. So I'd pick him over Arkansas potentially. I mean it's gonna be it, it'll be closer than you think. I think they're at Arkansas. That's the problem. Yeah, I can't take him over Arkansas, but you don't uh, like Liberty? maybe maybe play the number. I'm sure it's a huge number. Jefferson. Uh but uh but yeah. Uh, Auburn is open, and we'll see what uh, what kind of candidates are involved. We'll come back. Uh, Jason got some respect burgers he's going to hand out, and then Jason Fitz will join us at 125. Stick around. Jason and John. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. I'm back. On Mondays around this time, I get on my big green egg. I put the burgers on the grill. We get to cooking. I season those burgers with respect. It's my little way of fighting a disrespectful world. Right? Make it a little more respectful. We'll do it now. Now, it's time for the Jason and John Show Respect Burgers. Sizzling Respect Burgers. Served hot and fresh from Jason and John. Respect. Respect. For Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker and wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Came into the season talking all about Cedric Tillman and Hendon Hooker. Uh, the ball's top receiver, at least coming in the season. 
I ain't been talking about nothing but the last few weeks other than Jalen Hyatt uh, and Hendon Hooker. Hyatt, uh, a six foot, 180 pound junior. Need to get schooled on him if you haven't already, and, and need to get caught up if you're not already. He had five, Pat caught five balls for 138 yards and two touchdowns in that 44 to six victory for the now number two ranked balls. Uh, against number 19, previously number 19, Kentucky, on Saturday night. Hyatt has now broken the school record for touchdown receptions in a season with 14. Obviously, this helps set up the huge matchup they've got coming up with Georgia on Saturday. More on that in a second. Tennessee, yes, off to its best start since 98 when they won the whole deal. That's why folks are buzzing up in Knoxville, and you can feel it all through the state. Hendon Hooker, 19 of 25. For 245 yards, three scores, no INTs. Also ran for a touchdown. Still just has one interception on the season. And the 55-yarder he had to hide early on was his 20th straight game with a touchdown pass. Breaks his own school record at Tennessee. So him and Hyatt are setting records. And like we said, sets up the big one this Saturday at 2.30 between the hedges. John said it. Was it eight, eight and a half in a couple different places? The Georgia Bulldogs are favored. Um, it should be a good one. We'll, we'll get to our picks later on this week. I'm looking forward to it. On the season now, Hennon Hooker, who, oh, by the way, is the favorite for the Heisman at this point. Remember, he's knocked off Alabama as well. Five ranked teams Tennessee has knocked off. He's thrown for 2,338 yards, 21 touchdowns, just the one pick. That's coming off a season in which he basically threw for 3,031 and three. 31 touchdowns, three interceptions last season, 21 and an interception this season. He's been nothing short of fantastic. That completion percentage is up over 70, 71.2 to be exact. And you hear people talking about it all now, all weekend, about Hendon Hooker's NFL possibilities. Was Levis. Now you hear a lot about Hendon Hooker, and rightfully so. About 6'4", 218 pounds. He's yeah, got the body for it, too. Uh, but a shout-out to Tennessee. Big game coming up on Saturday, like we said. Uh, and Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt have been awesome this season, record-breaking, no question about it. All right, back home. Desmond Bain deserves a respect burger. You know what I mean, Brad Carson? No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. Because over the last three games, respect. Bain has scored 101 points. That's 38 versus Brooklyn, 31 versus Sacramento, and on Saturday, yes, in a loss, 32 points. That's an average over the last three games of 33.7 points. Basically 34 points a game over the last three. Uh, Over those three games, he's shooting a sizzling 58% from the floor and 60.7, basically 61% from three-point range, 17 to 28. Might have made that last one had he not slipped against Utah in that one. The three-game heater he's on has coincided to with the return of Dylan Brooks. It's no coincidence. He's helped Bain out because he's lightened up those defensive responsibilities considerably. It's freed Bain up to do a lot. First three games this season, he was averaging 15 points on 26% shooting. We said, that's not the Desmond Bain we know. But Bain was one of those guys. He's kind of like Aaron Rodgers. He told you relax. Said he wasn't missing him uh, except for hitting the back of the rim. Everything was on target. And, man, is he back on. Grizzlies are back at it tonight against Utah. Hopefully, Bain's going to have his running buddy and the best backcourt in the NBA, John Morant, back tonight. Hopefully, he is questionable for this game with a non-COVID illness that kept him out of the first one against Utah. Jake LaRavia also listed as questionable with that non-COVID illness that kept him out of the last one. Hopefully, Bain's going to have some reinforcements. Dylan Brooks did score 30 in that game, but this one's all about Desmond Bain, what he's done the last three games. A heater. Maybe to be on his way to an all-star appearance. It's going to be hard, Brad. 
He's going to get a max contract. I know that. Or I want one. Oh, he's getting the max. Ain't nobody, and and and, and he shouldn't. He Easy. doesn't need taking no less nothing. He deserves it all. Desmond Bain Easy. does. Uh, no question about it. All right, moving on to the NFL. You know, the running back position is one that's been undervalued of late, right? Mm-hmm. You don't pay the running backs anymore, right? You go get some rookie, yep. you use him up, and then you go get you another one. Maybe you got a, a, a two-pronged backfield where you're keeping that guy a little bit longer. But for our next three, I want to make sure that these running backs get their due because they were fantastic over the weekend. Tony Pollard, ladies and gentlemen, Memphis's own. Yes. Uh, Melrose High, University of Memphis, carved up my Bears on Sunday in that 49-20 win the Cowboys had. Yes, I can set aside the fact that it was happening against my Bears and respect greatness. And that was greatness on display for Tony Pollard. With Ezekiel Elliott out, Pollard had 131 of Dallas's 200 rushing yards on Sunday against a pretty good, what had been a pretty decent run defense. He also caught one pass for 16 yards. He is nothing short of electric. That 131 came on 14 carries. Homeboy averaged 9.4 yards a carry against my Bears. Three touchdowns. Yep. Became the first Dallas Cowboys running back to rush for 100 or more yards and three touchdowns in the same game since who? In 2004? Tell him, John. Uh, that would have been Julius Jones. Julius Jones. You got to go all the way back. No Zeke up in there. All right. With 103-plus touchdowns. That's Tony Pollard. He was fantastic. He was electric against my Bears. He absolutely deserves it, and he deserves it too, as John pointed out, for throwing, for throwing the M. Yes. Tony yes. is always representing. You see him on the pics on Twitter it. and social media and everything. He's always representing the M. Uh, him and Gangsta Black Son out of Kentucky. Quentin Bohanna. They were cutting up my Bears. Quentin was getting to Justin Fields, too. They had all kind of Memphis connections going on that you Dallas know, uh, win. Tony Pollard is an unrestricted. After the season. Oh, uh, he's going to get paid. Dallas ain't letting him go anywhere. He's unrestricted. He ain't leaving. You would think not, but it's a great situation You're for gonna him. You're going to have to pay him a lot of money. A lot of money. He, I think he's going to want to start, don't you? Yes. I wouldn't want to start and get more, much more than 14, 15 carries. I think that's what makes him as dynamic as he is. They've used him perfectly to this point. Others are saying, well, why not give him 25 carries? You give t- Tony Pollard 25 carries, you're going to run him down real quick. Um, it's been perfect for him so far. We'll see. I, I don't. I don't see any way Dallas lets him go, John. Mm. And I got to. I got to imagine too. Tony feels in, indebted to those guys, the Cowboys, for what he's had. It'll be interesting. Uh, you get one, Tony Pollard. The the running back is back in the NFL. Here's another one. Shows you it's ba- Christian McCaffrey. He really Respect. didn't go anywhere, but he's on a new team in a wow. 31-14 road win over the Rams. He became the first player with a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a reception touchdown in the same game since. LaDainian Tomlinson did it in 2005. John, that was one of the three that John nailed that have done it since the merger. McCaffrey is the fourth. The merger happened in 1970. The other dates, 1979, Walter Payton. Sweetness did it, John. That's the other reason why I wrote all these down. Uh, a, A guy who is near and dear to my heart. And then in 2001, the wide receiver that you probably never would have named, he played for the Patriots. Uh, would it have been, um... Oh, God. Yeah, man, I'm telling Deion you, it is, it is random as it gets. Even more random than him. Wow. It ain't Deion Branch. David Patton. David Patton, yeah. 2001, he did it on a team that had Tom Brady on it. Overall, McCaffrey's the 11th player in NFL history to have done it. But like we said, just four since the merger. So he had 94 yards on 18 carries and a touchdown that game. He also caught eight balls, was was targeted nine times for 50 yards, 55 yards and a touchdown, then threw that 34-yard touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk. I get jealous 
watching how that 49ers offense and just how good it's about to get. They did all of this without Debo Samuel uh, last night uh, as well yesterday as well and knocking off the Rams for the eighth straight time in the regular season. And McCaffrey's just brought a new dynamic to it. San Francisco scored 24 unanswered points. And yes, to get their eighth straight win in the regular season over the Rams, you do remember the Rams beat them in the playoffs last I do year. remember that. And then finally, of the three running backs, John, you probably don't have to guess too hard on who the third running back to get a respect burger today is going to be. Derek the King Henry. Yes. I told you, talk to uh, Mike about this. They Malik Willis said that in the huddle, Derek was like, they can't stop me. They can't stop me. He was a monster a day before Halloween against the worst uh, rush defense in the NFL. He made it four straight 200-yard games against the Texans, going for 219 yards and two touchdowns to carry the Titans, who, yes, were playing with Malik Willis, a rookie quarterback under center without Tannehill, uh, to a 17-10 win. Uh, fourth straight game, like we said, against the Texans going over 200, making him the first player in NFL history to have at least 150 yards and two touchdowns on the ground and four games against the same opponent. Nobody's ever done it. The 28-year-old has six 200-yard games now in his career. Derrick Henry's still 28. Mm-hmm. There's still tread on them tires. They might run it off, though, by the time this season comes to an end because he's been that good, uh, and right now he's super healthy. Uh, that ties O.J. Simpson and Adrian Peterson. The six 200-yard games uh, in his career, that ties from the most in NFL history. And what does he do? He always credits the guys up front. It's boring. He does it so it's almost like, it's like clockwork. Never takes any of the credit. Said the, the O-line, the receivers, the tight ends, the fullbacks gave them all the credit. Titans, like we said, have now won five in a row since losing two straight. Henry has gone for over 100 in four of those five. How about them Titans? How about them? They just keep winning. Wow. Those are the games that you cannot fade the Titans in. Y'all were the turnaround game, weren't you? I guess so, bro. I guess we Two were. Two teams were 0-2. We said loser goes home. Yeah. And it's we been were. nothing but wins for the Titans ever since. Yeah. Appreciate you Raiders yeah. uh, for being a doormat the Tennessee for, the, Titans. for the Tennessee Titans. Prop you guys up. Uh, I'm going to hand out a, a disrespect dog to the Jake Paul machine. Uh, it was back in action over the weekend, this time against Anderson Silva former UFC legend, one of the best when he was at the you know, at the prime of his career. He was one of the best, yeah. the spider. And uh, and he has now resorted to boxing Jake Paul, um, which I get. Uh, you know, it comes with a, fa- a handsome payout, I assume. It was very – I don't know who I'm giving this disrespect dog out to. Am I giving it to Anderson Silva? Am I giving it to Jake Paul? Am I giving it to the machine? I guess I'm part of it. I tuned in on TikTok on an illegal you're, stream. You're, part, you're definitely part of it. Uh, but uh, – but yeah, like Jake Paul won, of course, by decision. Um, and it's just like it, this stuff is so. It just doesn't feel real. Because if he loses, the machine dies. Right. Like it the feels like it, it really does. Dies. It feels like hey, don't don't win. Like just let me win. You get in a couple, you know. But but I'm not gonna knock you out. Just let me win. And for folks like me, he's banking on me tuning in to see him get right. knocked out. Right. So, and that's how he keeps this going. It's very smart. Well, he never he never boxes any real boxer. He only boxes UFC guys. That's it. That you know, and, and UFC is just such a it's a very different sport. I mean, there are guys in the UFC who probably do box, but they're you know they're fighters. They're not boxers, and it's a, there's a different science to it. Um, and so now his next uh, his next opponent, the the favorite is. Nate Diaz, who is a wild man, but UFC. Uh, that would be interesting. That would be entertaining because you have two entertaining guys there. But uh, it, he didn't exactly fill out the stadium he was in either. They, I saw like a, somebody was there, and they like, posted a picture of the crowd. It wasn't great. So I think people are kind of getting over the Jake Paul stuff. You know, um, 
It's just not okay. He's like, does anybody take him seriously? Does anybody think he's actually a good boxer? Mm-hmm. I mean, he prepares. I'll give him that. Like he doesn't just show up. He trains and all that. But it's like, does anybody think he's a credible boxer? There's a reason why he's not getting real fights. This is a money making. It's scheme. just a stunt um, that keeps happening, and uh, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, no, uh, now, disrespect all to them Michigan State players jumped that Michigan dude too. That took me back to my White Station days when yep, I jumped. That was that was uh, that was bad. That was a bad look for sure. On live from the Tops Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. He's Jason Pitts. You know him, you love him. Joins us every single Monday here on the show. Grateful for his time, especially in the face of yesterday. That was horrifying. He's here now. Hello, Mr. Fitz. You know, Victory Monday is a feeling that maybe I appreciate more because I don't get it very often. That's all I can say. I don't get Victory Monday very often. So, you know, uh, Titans fans are happy right now. They're a lot happier than I am. I just watch an abject disaster. You know, I I said today in the article I'm writing for Chalk that the Raiders decided to to give us hot, like, uh, it was Friday the 13th, part six, like, unwatchable horror movie for two and a half hours. Yeah, no, it was very terrifying, horrifying. Um, And I would not like to see another installment of that. I'd like to end the franchise right there. We can start anew uh, and and come up with a with a better effort. Look, I, I know a lot of people don't want to hear about this, so we'll, we'll get it out of the way. Is this it? Is this their season? Did it end uh, yesterday in New Orleans? Probably. Uh, I think the bigger part of this is now what you know, and I think this is what impacts every fan base because there's a very real decision that will happen for the Raiders at some point that goes into not just this year but next year, and so then the question becomes. Do you want to be bad enough to try and get a different quarterback? Because mm-hmm. I think if the Raiders' season falls apart, Derek Carr is likely traded somewhere. So all of a sudden, in a world where Mike Tannenbaum last week said that Daniel Jones is worth Kirk Cousins' type $40 million a year money on the open market after this season, what's Derek Carr's trade value? Where is he going to go? And what does he mean? You know, I think Derek Carr could be the Russell Wilson of next year. Some fan base is going to be very happy to get that quarterback, and the Raiders are going to go into – rebuild mode and try and do that as quickly as possible. So I think that that portion of the Raiders season will impact everybody. The the real question is what's going to make them give a damn? Because I think the one thing you saw, the difference you saw between teams like the Raiders yesterday and the Packers versus teams like the the Bills and teams like the Titans even is the the give a damn on the sidelines. I mean, when the, the game was falling apart for the Raiders, you had a bunch of stars just sitting on the bench staring off at nothing and no body language of caring. Same with the Packers last night. What we see from the Bills, you see an energy. From the Titans, you see an energy. Like, the great coaches are the ones that can find that level of energy from their team every week. Yep, and Vrabel is a great coach. After being 0-2, they've now won five straight. Henry had his fourth straight game with at least 100 yards rushing, just ripped up the Texans yesterday. At at what point, Fitzy, because I hear you, and you talked about the energy, the momentum they've got now, can they change what we think? I've been asking it today about the AFC playoffs. Is that the kind of team, if Derrick Henry's operating at this level, that can go into a Buffalo and get a win against a team right now where all they could win the Super Bowl or is going to win the Super Bowl? I think the hard part about this is we are so in love with explosive offense that the concept of even what we saw from Miami yesterday, down by 14 twice, Miami can come back from anything. The question I have is what happens when the Titans inevitably are down in a game, right? Because you will have that situation where you've got to be able to throw the ball. Now, Malik Willis was never going to be the answer to do that this year. Uh, Is Ryan Tannehill going to be capable of doing that? I I think the concept of we're going to pound the ball down their throat to keep everything close is great until you just have 
one of those games, whether it's because of the officiating crew, the weather, whatever it might be, where suddenly you're negative down in distance on mm-hmm. second and 15, you can't just rely on Derrick Henry. So, I, unfortunately, right now, I think the Titans are a really good football team. I wouldn't bet my house on them to win the Super Bowl because I don't know that they can explode the way Miami, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City. Those are all teams that can explode. And teams like the Ravens, teams like the Titans have a, a tougher time doing that. It makes us cautious to make them Super Bowl teams. Um, in terms of other results around the league yesterday, the 49ers handled the Rams 31-14. to um, Is that a game without Debo Samuel that says more about the 49ers or the Rams right now? They're both, but I think it says a lot about the Rams. I mean, this is an abject disaster from a repeating Super Bowl champion. Like, from a team that we thought had a shot in a weak NFC to repeat, they, they, they don't even look good, right? They don't, they don't even look capable or, or, or like they know what they're doing. And all I keep thinking about is when we ended the Super Bowl and people were talking about the rumors of Sean McVay and Aaron Donald wanting to retire, every person that we had that big rumor will know with. I'll add uh, Aaron Rodgers to that to a little bit of a degree. I'll add Tom Brady to that to a huge degree, right? Anybody that we had these retirement conversations about that are now going through tough seasons, you just got to ask yourself, is it worth it? And will it be worth it to them at the end of the year? I, I don't know. I mean, getting the snot kicked out of you by the 49ers yet again, and, and Jimmy G looking so efficient a week after he was just awful at the quarterback position just makes you question everything that they're doing in L.A. So I think the Rams right now have fallen apart, and the question becomes – what fixes them, and does anybody there have the drive to want to fix them right now? It just it takes a different level of, of passion for the game every single second of every single day, passion to win, passion to, to, to be your best, whatever it is. You have to have that it factor every day, every practice to win Super Bowls. And the teams that capture that win. The teams that don't, don't. And the Rams right now are not capturing that. They, they miss Von Miller. They miss OBJ, and, and like that's Captain Obvious stuff. Of course they do. Are the Falcons, who are 4-4 four and four at this point, I'm still not putting much stock in, or the Saints, either one of them ready to step forward and keep Tampa Bay at 3-5 and five from winning the South, or we still chalk that one up for Brady even as bad as they've looked? Now, I, I think the Falcons actually have an outside chance at it, even though I don't think the Falcons are particularly great. But Marcus Mariota is, is good. He's good enough, right? And – we, we are so obsessed with the concept of great quarterbacks. Mariota is good enough to win, and when you're good enough to win in a bad division, that's going to be enough to push you through. So I think the Falcons are an okay football team that have the, the, the chance to finish the year somewhere around 500, and that's going to be enough in the South, which is wild to say. Look, the Saints aren't going to play a team every week like the Raiders that seem completely disinterested in stopping Alvin Kamara. So I, I don't think the Saints are for real. Andy Dalton had maybe the most efficient game we've seen in his career uh, against the Raiders. I don't think that that repeats itself every single week. That was a statement about the Raiders, not about the Saints. So, you know, but I do think the Falcons are showing you just enough to give you a little bit of belief. I'll, I'll never understand why they don't make Kyle Pitts a bigger part of the offense, but even without that, they're still at least playing com- uh, competent football. You know, you mentioned Andy Dalton. <clears throat> that game yesterday, the first uh... – the first Raiders game I ever saw live, Fitz, was their 52-0 to loss to the Rams and Sean Hill. That, mm. it, it, I mean, that, that's how I was exposed to the live Raiders football. It felt a lot like that. Like, you have no business losing and being blanked by a backup quarterback. And it's, like, dev- it's like e- equally devastating. You know, I, I guess that season was already lost. But I, I, don't, I don't think you recover from that. Just the, you, you mentioned Andy Dalton's efficiency yesterday. Like, how are you getting beached by Sean Hill on a bootleg, bro? He's got, like, five career rushing yards. 
Yeah. I, well, and that reminds me a little of the one Chiefs game where the Raiders got beat by the same screenplay. Mitchell Schwartz was talking about it. Jeffrey Schwartz, sorry, was talking about it a couple of weeks ago. That It was the same exact play that beat them, I think, six or seven times in one game. I went to the game a couple of years ago against the Jets, a terrible football team in New York, and you could tell right away that, that Carr didn't have it, the Raiders didn't have it, and they got their butts kicked by a bad Jets team. Like, this is just – this is what happens for certain teams and certain players, and and then you got to look at the DNA of the player because, like, and that's the difference between the goods and the greats. Like, I just – when's the last time you saw – Mahomes may play, play a bad football game, but when does he play a game where he looks lost or when does he play a game where it just looks like he doesn't have it? That is so rare. Josh Allen doesn't have that game anymore, right? Like, that's the difference between good to great. And what we're seeing right now from, from Brady, I would say that the, the biggest thing that hit me last week when, when the Bucks lost was that as Brady walked off the field – he looked defeated as a human being. Yeah. And you look at that and you're like, man, I don't know how you get through that. That's what, that's what you see from somebody like Carr, too. Like, that's the difference between the guys that have it and the guys that don't have it. And that's what makes certain competitors just so like, fiery and get your whole team up for it. And if you don't have that guy at quarterback, I don't know how you win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I, I, you've got to have everybody else has got to be that guy if your quarterback isn't that guy. They may, Philly might be a good example of that. They have so many other people that can be that guy. Hurts doesn't have to be. Miami has so many people that can be that guy that, you know, Tua doesn't necessarily have to be. But if you're just a mediocre roster, boy, your quarterback better be that guy every day. How about Pete Carroll, Fitzy, and the, the job he's done? I, I, I'll raise my hand. I've told others. I, I was laughing at him going into the season and said, what are you doing it for? 71 years old, you just gave up on Russ. You're starting over. They're sitting there at five and, and three now, just knocked off a Red Hots Giants team. How about Pete Carroll for coach of the year at this point? Yeah, well, not only that, but think about what Tyler Lockett said after the game when they asked him why this team is playing so well. This is the quote. It's amazing what we can accomplish when no one cares who gets the credit. Oof. And that, Oof. man, that's a, that's a dagger at Russ. No and doubt. it's also an absolute, like, gem of a thing to say about your coach because it, it just tells you that he's built a mindset and a mentality in there. Kenneth Walker III is special. He's doing the same thing for Seattle that he did for – Michigan State last year, and, and now you've, you've taken all the pressure off of Geno, who, by the way, playing pressure-free is playing really good football, and all the weapons around him, they're saying, hey, we'll get it done, we'll be fine. And, like, there's just there's a, 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 an it factor, a, a je ne sais quoi, you know, like whatever, with the, the Seahawks right now that, that absolutely Pete Carroll's responsible for, and that we almost take that for granted. Like, Pete Carroll is doing what we expect Hoblin to do every year, which is make chicken salad out of you-know-what. That's right. It's, it's working at the high like. For everybody that's obsessed about a quarterback, I would turn around and tell you, hey, look at what Seattle's doing. Like, if, if you do everything else right, you can be okay. We're talking to Jason Fitz. He joins us every single Monday here on the show. Okay, uh, Tennessee football does what they do. They roll Kentucky at the crib this weekend, 44-6, setting up a meeting of the undefeateds there, Tennessee and Georgia, uh, this weekend. Georgia is, I think, laying eight, eight and a half, depending on where you shop. Um, I, I do think a lot of people are going to be on Tennessee because they're the sexy thing. Is this a game where Tennessee continues to sort of stamp, hey, we're real championship contenders, or is this a spot where they get humbled by the defending champs? I, uh, I was able to, on one sports book last week, when the number was still 12 and a half, I was able to get a little cash wow. in on Tennessee on that. Good oh, for you. This, this y'all, like, this is – Josh Heifel's moment. This isn't Hendon Hooker's moment. Yes. Uh, I, I went back and I rewatched the Alabama game. And, you know, I was working on Saturday 
with A.J. McCarron, and we were watching the Kentucky game. And even after the game, we sat there as he was breaking down plays, and he was like, you know what's amazing is that Tennessee scored two different touchdowns and had two other long completions all on the same play. And Heifel disguised the play so well, Kentucky didn't know what was coming. Like, there is a, there's a simplicity to what's being asked of Hendon Hooker right now. He's not having to do 500 things because what's being done pre-snap is just better. And frankly, one of the under-talked-about portions of what we saw in the Alabama game is that Heifel outcoached the entire Alabama coaching staff. I thought the offensive game plan was better. I mean, 52 points on Alabama is not an accident. And if you can score 52, even on an undisciplined Alabama team, if you can score 52 on Alabama, you can score 52 on Georgia. I don't think Georgia's, even though their defense is better in every single category this year, I get that. The one thing Georgia is worse at this year is they don't get a lot of pressure. They don't get a lot of sacks. I think they went into Saturday with eight for the year, which is not what we're used to seeing at all. If you can't get pressure on Hendon Hooker without sending the blitz, you are going to get beat. If you send the blitz, you're going to put yourself in the situation where you get beat. I think I think the balls have every chance to win this football game. I, I'm not sleeping on Georgia. They're number one for a reason, and I think we've just sort of decided to not talk enough about how good they are this year. But this is a Georgia football team that is going to have to have everything from Stetson Bennett to win this football game, and that that's also asking a lot. I, high scoring game, I, it's a it's a flip of the coin for me. But right now, if you had to ask me today, I'm leaning Tennessee to win it. I think Tennessee's going to end up the number one team in the country. Wow. Would you want Hooker on your NFL football team? I, this is where it gets really complicated because if I'm a quarterback person, if I'm a guru, what I would do with my NFL interview time is I would present him different plays, different looks, and figure out why it's clicking now mm-hmm. because it didn't click in the past. So the question is, is this a like one trick pony that is capable of doing this thing really well? Or is this somebody you can develop a full NFL offense around? Like, I think there's a real conversation that needs to be had about why. And that's the thing that always bothered me and still bothers me today for Jets fans about Zach Wilson. The reason I was out on Zach Wilson is I interviewed Zach for one of my college football shows uh, before he was drafted. And I asked him very specifically, you have had a massive year this year. It came from out of nowhere to everybody. What changed this year that made you so much better? And his answer to me live in the interview was, man, I don't, I don't really know. It's just, it's just sort of come together. Nothing's really changed. It's just sort of happening. And I looked at that and I thought, man, if you can't tell me what the difference is, then why should I believe that that one-year aberration is going to be every year? I think Hendon Hooker has been a great college football story this year, and he will be an all-time college football story by the end of the year. But can he be an NFL quarterback? I'd want to pop quiz him on everything before I said yes to that. Fitz, you're the best, my man. Appreciate Have the a great time week, as brother. always. Happy Halloween, by the way. I know this is a this is a big day in the Fitz household. Yeah, let, let's get some scaring done. You know, like we we already watch horror movies all weekend with our football team. So uh, let, let's right. just keep moving it. Let's keep moving it. Go uh, it, Have you seen the uh, the the Hulu Hellraiser? No, is that, I, I I've heard mixed reviews on it. Mixed reviews. It's pretty good. You, it's pretty good. It? Yeah, I recommend okay. it. Yeah, go watch okay. it. And I've heard Barbarian is like must see. Absolutely that one too. have to check it out. That okay. one's on my That's list. Good. I haven't seen it, but I've heard the same thing. So I'll probably knock it out today. All right, we'll compare notes, my friend. Appreciate you. Sounds guys. good. Thanks, Thank you, brother. Fitzy. Yep, he is. Jason Fitz joins us every single Monday here on the show. Uh, what pres- about you, Hooker? Six four two eighteen. Yeah, what's not Need to, to like? know if it's the system or him? I get that. In well, the yeah, room. I mean yeah, that's well, a real concern. That's, that's part of it. But it seems like he's worked himself up into the talk. Yeah, I mean he's gonna he's a draft he's gonna get drafted. So 
I, I mean, I, I, he to me, he has just as much of a case as anybody. I mean, Will Levis, does he convince yeah, me? I mean, no. everybody's convinced that Levis is there. Because he's just a big white dude, so they just assume Josh Allen. But it's really not. Yeah, I like Hendon Hooker better than Levis. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, thanks to Jason Fitz for joining us on the show. Stick around. Jason and John, I Turn FM, ESPN. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 